I'm Will. And I'm Luke. And this is Will and Luke Discuss. A vodcast. And podcast. Where we discuss content related to psychology, personal growth, self-development, and well-being. This This episode, episode, we're discussing Mindset by Carol Dweck. Here we go. Numero How are you feeling about this one? Yeah, good. It uh, it grew on me as the week went by and I was digging more into it. Um, So I'm excited by it. Yeah, I was recommended this to me by a work colleague in one of my old workplaces um, about a year and a half ago. And he spoke about this book re- really highly and said it goes alongside another book you recommended called Grit. So um, oh, right. Mindset, Grit pair- paired together. Um, I, I remember reading it and getting a, getting a lot from it. There's, there's a lot of examples that they give in the book. So there's a real... Um, real emphasis on showing you how many different ways that the two mindsets she talks about could be applied in different areas of your life, Yeah, which is, um, I found useful in some ways because it hammered home the point, but in other ways, I just took the bits I needed from the book and applied them to my own life. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I think that's why I, it grew on me because, uh, she covered things like business and sports, which I was sort of less resonating with and then but ended on things like um she talked about cbt at the end and then like mm. teaching and then personal relationships friendships romances and it, it kind of got more it hooked me later on which you know usually yeah. all the good stuff comes first right but in this one i feel like some of the nuggets came later yeah i feel like she's come up with a concept that she believes can be applied to so many different areas of of your life yeah so um yeah, I guess we might as well give a, a bit of an explanation about what those are. So yeah. what Carol talks about is um, that there are, that our, our mindsets um, like re- really affect, you know, what we want and whether we get those things, what we succeed in getting those things that we want in our life. So yeah. it's a lot linked to our, our beliefs and the stories we tell ourselves in our lives. And the two mindsets are the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. So yeah. the fixed mindset implies that your abilities, your talents, your skill are all um, are all static and unmovable. So you're yeah. you're you're born with those traits; they can't change. You're unable to develop. And then there's the growth mindset that believes your intelligence, skill, ability is something that can be cultivated through effort, strategy, and through taking on challenges and doing hard things and sticking with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she said that at the start that it's interesting how she got into this, but she, she was researching how people cope with failure. So that's how, and then like through her research of, uh, I guess, failure and how people cope with it, she fundamentally says that it comes down to two kind of core beliefs. One is that, yeah. as you described, that the fixed mindset, which are, abilities uh character or our intelligence for example are fundamentally rooted in place and can't be changed and the other is that they're they're all flexible and uh can be nurtured and grown with um effort and and change mm. it's um it's very polarizing in some ways to talk about them as two totally separate things i yeah. and I, I struggle to um, adapt to the language of it's like the people with a fixed mindset and the yeah. people with a growth mindset. It, it's it's implied that you you're either one or the other, 
Whereas my understanding and just in my life, I believe that there are some areas of my life where I'm a bit more fixed and unmovable and other areas, particularly in areas where I enjoy, areas I enjoy and I'm enthusiastic about and I'm passionate about, I've, I've got more of a growth mindset and I'm less, um, less rigid in my beliefs about it. Yeah, definitely. I I definitely feel the same way. But, and I think, um, at first I thought she was implying that as well. And, um, but you know, at the end of each chapter, she does a kind of little Q and a, and then some tips like in one of those Q and A's, someone says that asks that exact question. And like, she Mm. does answer it with like, Oh no, like I'm purposely polarizing it to, um, make the point clear but as as yeah. you suggested then like within each individual um for example you might have a growth ma- mindset around your own intelligence and ability to learn and lots mm-hmm. of things in your life but you might have a fixed mindset about um i don't know your your self-esteem or or your worth or um mm. or maybe even your ability to learn say an instrument like you, you might have a growth set with maths but like oh i'm just yeah. not a musician so like she does acknowledge that but i don't think enough to make the point clear with how much she hammers home this black white one of the yeah, other idea. yeah yeah it's quite relentless isn't it the um the idea of the fixed versus yeah growth mindset and um she she talks a lot about it in different circumstances so you know the way we talk to children and the way we um the way we teach people things and in our own lives i the bit i particularly enjoyed is around the the language we use and the stories we tell ourselves. I, I tended not to think of it as, yeah, so black and white, but in certain, um, you know, moments in my life, I've reflected on this, or even in the past week going like, okay, am I being a bit fixed mindset about this? Yeah. Or could I be a bit more open? Could I be a bit more open to, to growth here as opposed to feeling maybe for want of a better word, like stubborn around yeah, what yeah. I can and can't do and what I could and couldn't achieve. Tell me more. So I, <laughs> I, I find there's, uh, there's examples at, um, at work sometimes where I feel that I've been I presented with a challenge. Yeah. Um, I've been given a task to do. Yeah. And I've kind of learned how to do it. I can do it well now. Yeah. So the next time it comes around, instead of, continuing to look for better ways to do it yeah i'll just stick to what i know because i'm like right i know i can do that i can get that done now it's it seems that my skills that i'm learning at work can sometimes plateau a bit once i feel like i've gotten to a satisfactory Mm. level that's um that's good enough i don't yeah i can be guilty of sometimes not continuing to push myself every time whereas i guess in the work i do um you're working with people and you're working with people's stories and there's lots of um, different ways of doing things. You can always do things better. So that, yeah. that would be a big reflection of mine. I can often plateau once I feel like I'm doing something good, good enough. enough. Yeah. 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 That, that's a really good example. So it's like, there's a, there's a growth mindset in, in the learning initially but once you've hit this like safety net of I can do this, it's easy to like not not risk it and stay in the fixed mindset of like, well, if I make a mistake now I can do it, then like that'll look really bad or something like that. I know I'm putting words in your yeah. mouth, but um. Yeah, and I think it depends on what what the task is as well. There's certain things I um you know, certain skills I, I want to learn 
at work. And if one of the things I've kind of learned how to do well enough isn't my main interest and it's just something, you know, more of a, a side task, yeah. I'll, I'll kind of work on that. But whereas if it's something I'm a bit more enthusiastic about, I'll tend to put a bit more oh, yeah. effort into it and stick to it for longer. Yeah. yeah. As you said that, I just thought that uh, it, it just occurred to me that sometimes I might be the opposite with that, where it's like things that I'm sort of attached to that I feel like are more part of my identity because I, I say I can do this thing, like, I don't know, playing guitar or knowledge about psychology or something. I might feel more uh, vulnerable in talking about what I don't know or what skills I need to develop. Whereas if I'm learning something brand new, which I've got no attachment to, like someone comes to teach me calculus, I'd be way more happy to be like, well, I know nothing about this. So, so like, uh, fill yeah. me in. Yeah. I guess there's a certain point in which you, and I guess this, we could lead us on to talking about, um, how each mindset relates to failure. Yeah. That there's a different point you would get to in which you might feel stupid for not knowing. Yeah. For example, if you, if you've been in, um, you know, I, I've, I've been in my job for three months and sometimes when I don't know something, that I feel maybe I should know, or I feel silly mm. asking again, I can sometimes, although everyone around me is incredibly supportive, I can yeah. sometimes go into that fixed mindset of like, well, if I don't know now, then um, maybe I shouldn't ask. Whereas like a growth right. mindset would be like, actually, it's not a big deal to not know. It's okay to forget. Yeah. I could ask again. I could learn. Um, yeah. Those are the moments where I need to remind myself to be a bit more inquisitive and, um, open to being wrong or looking silly for not yeah. knowing. And yeah, that, that's a good point. So maybe in the first few days of the job or week or whatever, the same questions you would have been more happy to be vulnerable asking about. I mean, like, I don't know yeah. this, but once you reach a certain threshold of, oh, I've been here X amount of time now, so I, I should know, then it becomes yeah. more fixed. That's really interesting. Mm. And that, that's a major characteristic of um, people with the fixed mindset is that they're they're very pr protective of wanting to be seen to know know things. So that they've got their 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 fixed traits, their fixed skills, and they'll do whatever it can take to mm. show show people that they've they know those things and that they're really vulnerable to being wrong. This has helped me understand. Um... So she she spends a hell of a lot of time in many chapters talking about John McEnroe <laughs> and um one and like really <laughs> like hammering him for having a fixed mindset. Yeah. And one thing Don't I was thinking about, about that is well <laughs> it's interesting that uh although she's using him as like the archetypal fixed mindset person, but he still climbed right to the top, right? So there must yeah. have been some essence of um, effort and ability to learn and to, to risk failing in trying at some point Take to feedback. get so good in the yeah. first place. So um, yeah. maybe something like what you just described helps explain that, whereas like in the early stages, there's um, more room to risk failure because maybe mm. th things aren't expected of you, but the higher you get, the the almost the worse it is to make a mistake or look bad or something like that. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. She def definitely does use him as a, an example. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I need to read his book anymore. Um, <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, well, I mean, what, what's your understanding of how each mindset responds to failure? Because it um, implies that one, one seems to, yeah, respond a lot better and a lot more productively and one not so much and is quite sensitive to it. Yeah, I would say that the uh, growth mindset would see failure uh, externally. So the failure is I've like... I failed at this task, this point in time, whereas mm-hmm. the fixed mindset sees failure as an inherent trait. So I'm a failure, yeah. not that I failed okay, at yeah. this task today. And yeah. so if I failed at this task today, then there's, it's great. There's a challenge. It's roomed like, oh, I found a place where I can learn some more. So the response yeah. to failure is uh, motivating, encouraging, um, a, a desire to seek it out. Whereas if making mistake or failing at something today means I'm a failure, then that encourages avoidance, procrastination, um, yeah. turning any, turning away any sign of criticism and just avoiding yeah. any challenges. Mm. Yeah. It brings out a whole heap of behaviors, doesn't it? Mm. Especially. Yeah. So I, I'm just interested to unpack a bit about what she means by a, a mindset. Is this just kind of a series of stories we're telling ourselves in our heads? Is it just the language we use? So, for example, someone at work has um, calculated the numbers wrong or something. So some of the fixed mindset, after being told they've done it wrong, they'll take that as, I'm a failure. Like, Mm -hmm. what what do you mean by mindset? Like, what's going on in that person's mind? Uh, She's talking about beliefs. So... Uh, and she mentions she, she doesn't say unconscious. I think she says unaware. But but that we either have a conscious or unconscious belief hmm. that this a particular trait is fixed, like immovable. Hmm. Um, so I guess in that instance where we're talking about one specific belief, it's not technically a set. But maybe if you have one, you're more likely to have a few. So like hmm. a belief that. Uh, I don't know, well, failure, that I'm a failure rather than I failed at this task or, mm. um, yeah, maybe there's something about, there's something about if you have one, you're more vulnerable to to be fixed in quite a lot of your beliefs about um, your character, your mm. intelligence, your success. Especially if it's like it's played itself out in a number of areas of your life and being I guess the behaviors that go alongside having a fixed mindset of, um, you know, seeking validation over challenge or um, being defensive mm. um, to protect yourself from criticism. Yeah, yeah. That obviously would, that would lead to, okay, well, when I get validation, I feel validated in using my fixed mindset. In a way, like that's how you would continue to repeat using a fixed mindset if the strategies you use work. Like how it would be reinforced. How it be reinforced, yeah. So like for so she used an example of um school kids who sort out easier tasks. So because if mm. they got them all right, then I think as you were saying then you'd be validated that oh look how yeah. smart you are. Whereas um children with more fixed mindsets about learning and um intelligence and growth. Hmm. chose to do harder things because they enjoyed it more and um 
liked the challenge of it mm. and generally and got that said- way because they were encouraged and um, praised for the efforts they put in as opposed to the qualities they have. Yeah, and that, that's what she says. That's how she says it's reinforced at a young age that yeah. like, if kids are told like, oh, you're so clever or you're so this or when they use language such as like, oh, I'm not, I'm not a mathematic person or yeah. I'm not a sporty person, that can reinforce and um, yeah, the, the language used around that child can be carried by the child into their, their adult life that they're, they're either good at this or they're not good at this or the reason for their success is because they're naturally clever so they stop trying. And she gave plenty of yeah. examples of people who, who at a young age were incredibly intelligent or sporty but because they were praised in the the wrong way, as, yeah. as the older they got, they actually their growth like plateaued. They didn't yeah. get any better, as opposed to the kids who started off with maybe less higher scores, but had a more growth mindset towards learning and as they went along. Yeah, like if you're yeah. uh, like anchored into the into a role as a, a smart kid or the or in a sibling group you know you're the intelligent one or you're the sporty one if you're like constantly throwing that then to make a mistake or fail in that area is Mm. to um lose your sense of identity and the attention you get for it so you don't want to take on challenges and take on risks you want to only do Mm. things that are easy and within your capabilities yeah and change is scary because it threatens the identity that you've built up yeah 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 which um which areas interested you the most in this book? What, what was the chapter that um, grabbed your imagination? Um, probably the relationships one. Um, yeah. And then also the last chapter was quite cool, which wasn't on a particular area, but sort of uh, dug more into how to like teach people um, to think more in a growth mindset. Hmm. Okay. Did you want to talk about the section on love? Should we get into that? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Well, the relationships, it wasn't just about love. It was like friendships. It was, uh, romance. It was, uh, shyness and, uh, revenge and forgiveness. (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah. I guess, um, I think I might've been thinking of another book when I read that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, cool. So I I guess the, well, the the chapter on love applies this in, well, relationships, (laughs) relationships, friendships, <laughs> applies, <laughs> it, applies this in a sense that, um, I talk about relationships in particular, that someone with a fixed mindset would see that themselves, the other person and the relationship are fixed. Yeah. That they're they're un- unchangeable. Oh, and, that's a good um, point. Yeah. She was saying like, yeah. in the fixed mindset so far in the book, we've talked about ourself, but in a romantic relationship, we're talking about you can have a fixed mindset about yourself, the other person and the relationship itself. Yeah. So yeah, it's like three yeah, different but, ways you can triangulate that mindset. Yeah. And she gives examples about how we, um, you know, when we look at the, the partner, if we've got a fixed mindset, we see them as something that's unchangeable. So if, if we detect a, a character flaw in them, it's not just the character flaw. It's like there, there's something wrong with them as a person. Yeah. And therefore, if there's something wrong with them as a person, then there's something wrong with the relationship overall. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. very, um, yeah, very highly critical and very judgmental. Seeing 
seeing failures in the relationship as an entire relationship failure rather than just incidents mm. as well. Yeah, like any uh, argument or uh, conflict is just a sign that, well, this relationship doesn't work rather than, oh, this is, a, this is something we can work on uh, if we put effort into it and um, work through it. Because mm. like people with a fixed mindset could, could give up quite easily or not commit as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they could do the opposite and just um, avoid any, any uh, qualms they have about the relationship, anything that, um, mm. you know, makes them uncomfortable. They just completely ignore it, yeah. stick it in the denial box and leave it there as a smoldering resentment for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. um, In the book, they talk about what sort of people that fixed mindset people go for, and what kind of people growth mindset people go for in relationships. So, fixed mindset people go for people who will validate their already existing traits. So, someone who puts them on a pedestal, glorifies them, um, Mm. you know, thinks they're absolutely brilliant. Whereas, someone in a growth mindset. is more receptive to partners who who ex- accept their flaws and are happy to challenge them on them and work with them to get better and improve the relationships. So they're yeah. not necessarily seeking validation as their main reason for being in a relationship, but they're actually a lot more open to challenge, change, and the person they're with being a, a source of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh... The reverse of that, I guess, is that if you're any suggestion from your partner that is something you could do differently to help them in the relationship is mm-hmm. is a fundamental sign that maybe you're not good enough or it's it's automatically a negative criticism and something you should mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> pout about or be frustrated at rather than just... Yeah taking on board constructive feedback or an, an, even an invitation to like, here's how you can uh, help me meet my needs even more rather than um, like you're an awful partner. You can hear things so differently from the two different mm. mindsets. I think about um, <clears throat> how the, you know, the, the different mindsets would greatly affect like how you would behave in the relationship in terms of, how you solve problems. Yeah. So do you jump do you jump to the same sort of solution every time? So some people might identify themselves as like a really good solution, um, you know, a problem solver in the relationship. Yeah. But they, they stick with that. So whenever there's an issue in the relationship, they go to solve it. They have to fix it. They fix it quickly. They do it now. Whereas there may be other people in the relationship who are a lot more comfortable with the unknown with allowing things to grow and develop naturally, things to resolve over time. And I can imagine people are actually two conflicting beliefs around how to solve um, those relationship issues could could cause problems if they were coming from different angles. Yeah, so like if um, you were in a fixed mindset that a problem meant your relationship was potentially doomed, then you'd Mm. either, I guess want to deny that problem or as you said then like fix it as fast as possible to then be able to be calm again and relax mm. if everything was okay yeah. 
Whereas if the other yeah. person was in a growth mindset, um, they might be able to more like slowly sit with the discomfort, talk through um, like the details of what happened and um, see both sides. Yeah. yeah. And then the other party, if they were more fixed, might not be able to like tolerate that level of discomfort because it's like mm. the longer we stay in this place, the more threatened I feel our relationship is or something like that, or the more mm. I feel criticized. So that, that's and, a good, yeah. yeah, it means that I guess that in a growth mindset, you'd more easily be able to see and empathize with the other person. And think just, yeah, being more open to using different solutions to the problem as well. If someone mm. with a fixed mindset, you know, typically uses, as I've, as I've said, like one solution that they're afraid to work on things in a different way because they know the way they do things works. And if the other person disagrees, then that's their problem. They're not, <laughs> yeah. not as open to listening to their point of view. I'm, I'm interested in why the section on shyness um, stood out to you. I, I like the example she gives around um, this guy who go, goes to a, uh, two people who went to a party, one had a fixed mindset, one had a growth mindset, but yeah. they were both shy. So you can be shy, but have one or two of the mindsets. Yeah. So it was like the shy one with the fixed mindset, uh, like didn't put any effort into communicating with people. Well, the shy one with the growth mm. mindset just saw that, well, this is where I'm starting out in this social situation. And mm. if I want things to become easier and smoother, I'll need to do something about it. Mm. Um, it made me think a lot um, about, I would say in general, I'm, I'm nervous in social situations overall. So I, I feel like I would fall under the shy category in social situations. And I was thinking about how it may not come across like that because sometimes I focus too much on the fixed mindset, tra mindset trait of wanting to prove myself to others. So mm. over exerting that trait rather than focusing on a more growth mindset perspective of trying to build relationships, like focusing on building relationships in mm. say a party setting or a new work setting, as opposed to, um, wanting to show the the fixed traits I believe I do have already. Oh, that's interesting. Cause that's like a, yeah. that's a, a third option to the two she gave in the book. So it's like, you're saying that you have, you notice some, uh, shyness or anxiety, but you don't let that keep you quiet. You actually go with the effort to put yourself out there but you're also saying that but even that effort is sometimes for the fixed mindset of making sure people see the traits you want them to see you have is that yeah that's it yeah so it's more um it, it's protective in a way it's yeah. not being it's not actually being vulnerable because i'm not showing anything i'm not putting myself out there in a, a vulnerable way i'm more putting myself out there in a here's the things i do have and i'm I mean, I'm exaggerating a bit here in the sense of exactly what I'm talking about, but here's the things I'm good at and here's yeah, yeah. how I like to be seen. Here, here I am, as opposed yeah. to um, being a bit more open to having building relationships with people. Yeah, in a way, like, it's more, here's what I want you to see of me. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is that, I mean, how do you cope in um, large or new social situations? And would you consider yourself shy? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm definitely uh, introverted. Um, <laughs> I was about to say it depends on my mindset, but which, uh, which is ironic. Yeah, I, I've definitely, there, there was a time in my life where I, decided to make a conscious effort to put myself out there more um mm. and like put myself in situations that i knew made me uncomfortable like go to more yeah. social things and with new people and go on my own and that sort of thing um yeah. so i think i have over time built a growth mindset around that um you're like you're choosing growth aren't you and yeah. you're 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 risking rejection in some ways. You're 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 going into it knowing that w- with your fear, you're you're well aware of your fears as you go into that situation. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to work out what the fear is. Uh, yeah, I guess it's maybe around like being ignored or humiliated. Those are probably my main triggers, which you know, actually in adult situations are uh, irrational, but that, that's probably where it comes from, this idea that, like, the other person doesn't want to hear about me anyway, or, mm. or I might share something that's, um, yeah, worthy of um, being mocked or taking the piss out of or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I guess it's just, uh, yeah, then, then what would be the belief under that? I guess if that happened, that that means I'm, I don't know, worthless or something, not capable. Not, in, not interesting or something? or not. Yeah. Yeah, that one doesn't strike me as much. Maybe boring, but I think more like, um, more like worthless strikes more. So then I guess to, to recognize that and to, uh, know that that's you know go from the place of that's not true and um, re like putting yourself in situations where you can test that and uh, challenge yourself kind of helps where then it becomes I guess like last week we talked about habits it becomes a habit to do that it becomes you can get to a tipping point where your default now is to automatically put yourself out there because. You've done it enough yeah. times, yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is pr- proving to yourself that your fears aren't necessarily as bad as you think they are. Yeah, yeah. But often, um, you know, I think of times when we were we were growing up and we went and did um, we were going and doing gigs and playing music in pubs and stuff like yeah. that. You know, there's a certain amount of fear involved in that. But like uh, every yeah. time afterwards, every time afterwards, we'd be like, "Oh, so glad we did that." Yeah, that was great. even if even if the gig didn't go, you know, perfectly or as well as we yeah. thought, like it was never as bad as you think it is. I think that just goes for so much of um, the challenges that we take on sometimes. We, we've often got this fear associated that, you know, we'll, we'll look stupid or we'll be wrong or we'll say the wrong thing. But actually that's not what, it, what it's about because it, it very rarely ends up that way. There's a lot of fears you have in your head going into it that never eventuate. Yeah. Yeah. Just that reminds me of, um, 
I guess still under this relationships category. The the last, uh, yeah, I've I've put myself out there twice in the last uh, probably six months, like telling someone I like them and I want to like like yeah. date and see where it goes, and have been rejected twice, and both times the uh, yeah the rejection was so much better than the anxiety leading up to putting myself out there. Yeah. yeah like I would feel your... better, like way better after the, relig- after the rejection. And I, well, I reminds... often there's, yeah. Now I'm just thinking like, often there's a lot of like build up to that moment. Isn't there? Like, I, I suppose I'm on the end of the, fo- the phone calls, you know, kind of, I'm going to say this. I'm a bit nervous to say this. And then the next phone call I get, you know, you told me that, um, you know, you were rejected or, you know, um, your advances weren't taken on. And I said, how was that? And you went, yeah, good, good. <laughs> that, was a re- that was a really nice answer. I'm like, good. And you're like, yeah, like put myself out there. And now I know, which was, which was nice. I think that's a good example of a, a growth mindset to see that um, failure or that rejection as something positive because you gain something from it and there's opportunities that arise yeah. from that as well i think the the procrastination building up to doing it comes out of a fixed mindset and like the anxiety around mm-hmm. putting yourself out there comes out of like this uh illusion or delusion that you know if i'm rejected that will be awful and say something like fundamental about the core of who i am um yeah and you know you'll crush you into this small pathetic world Mm. but like when the reality of that isn't the case it's like yeah i think it just helps strengthen that muscle i know um albert ellis he's the uh they often call him the grandfather of cognitive therapy he um it when he was 19 he went to the botanical gardens in New York on a week over the weekend and asked out 100 women. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) he said he got rejected 99 times and the one person he arranged a date with stood him up. But like, even though he sustained that much rejection, it like, it completely got him over his fear of, of putting himself out there. And you you might immediately Mm. think, that doesn't make any sense. You're getting reinforced of your rejection every time. And maybe yeah. if he was in a fixed mindset, that constant reinforcement would have just crushed him. But like, yeah. I guess if you're anticipating from a fixed mindset place, but then you act on the growth mindset mm. and then the consequence <clears throat> isn't as bad as your prediction, then it, it's only lessening that that premature anxiety the next time mm. you do it. I think that's, yeah, that's true. Definitely. There's a moment before you embark on a, a scary task or start something new or ask someone out or whatever. There's a moment in which I guess with enough um, awareness or practice, you can just ask yourself that, that question, you know, and, just being a bit more open to whatever answer comes rather than going in there with having a fixed answer coming back at you or having set expectations, a growth mindset is more open to whatever answer comes back your way. And we'll see whatever comes back as 
useful information for you that's beneficial. Yeah. 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 Because, uh, yeah, any feedback you get from a growth mindset is only illuminating the truth and reality more, which is only helpful for learning and growth. Whereas mm. feedback from a fixed mindset is either of two categories. It validates your, uh, hope that you're on the right side of failure or it puts you in the category of failure and like so like feedback is highly tense and uh yeah. you're on eggshells like <laughs> and it's very black or white right either this feedback is gonna like give me relief of that i'm okay and worthy enough or it's gonna mm. put me in the shame of being nothing mm. And I wonder those people who go into things with a fixed mindset and I guess continue to succeed. Is that people like John McEnroe who like won tennis titles because he had a fixed mindset for so long, but because he ended up on the right side of it, he kind of forgot to have a growth mindset. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. That's, that, that feedback doesn't necessarily change your mindset. Sometimes it just validates Mm. that you're okay <laughs> um, yeah yeah when yeah the growth mindset would be well you would have been okay anyway whatever the outcome was um yeah yeah i think that's a mindset we we definitely had um yeah particularly in our like late teens like no matter what happens we'll be okay like we did some you know big big trips to europe and we were doing like yeah music gigs and things like that and yeah yeah but both heading off to uni and starting new colleges and things like that. And I remember that attitude just being really prominent just because, yeah, it was really pleasant just being able to go into things. It, it made you feel a bit less fearful. You're, yeah. you're fearless because you knew nothing, nothing was ever going to be so bad that it defined who you were. Yeah. So therefore any feedback is positive. Hmm. I'm interested to speak about something I saw in your notes around um, jealousy and how oh, hearing, hearing, other, yeah, hearing other people's, um, maybe I'll get you to expand on it, but like when hearing other people's good news or seeing <laughs> other people doing well, yeah. your mindset will be dependent on how well your life is going at the time. This is really funny. <laughs> so, uh, I'm excited um, to hear this. <laughs> yeah, well, no, no, I've just realised. So I sent you a link to my notes. Um, yeah. And I forgot that I, <laughs> at the top of the page, I, I was putting like personal reflections. Like when I sent yeah, it I've to you, <laughs> I only thought it was the notes, like the objective notes of the book. But now I realise I've uh, poured my heart and soul out to you. So um, I don't think yeah. I actually finished that thought on those notes. But anyway, that note was saying that like, so throughout, uh, I guess you've been out of England pretty, I know you've returned and for short periods, but pretty much for like, what, 10 years now? Yeah, not, come, I think 10 this year or nine, yeah. So like, yeah. Um, obviously with a sort of long distance friendship, um, I guess over the years I've seen bits of what you're up to on social media, I've heard stories and... So I've had like long exposure of seeing you do like different things around um, mm. uh, different jobs, different traveling, different um, uh, education stuff. And it's like some, and in, yeah, like you've done, you've grown in so many ways and you've done so many cool things. And when I feel, and I notice sometimes 
when I seen that, I felt jealous and like bitter. <laughs> and then yeah. sometimes like a very similar thing will happen. Like you'll tell me a, a similar story maybe a year later mm. and, and I'll feel like really happy for you. And I think the mm. difference, the difference was where I perceived myself to be in terms of my own um, goals or what, whether I feel like I was sort of fulfilling my potential or not would depend on whether I was actually thinking about you and how you were doing when I heard these stories or whether mm. I was just like, just using it as a, as a mirror for myself. And, yeah. uh, and especially, I guess on social media that happens to loads of people all the time, right? Because you just put, people put their highlight reel up there and that's the only thing you get fed at the top of, I don't know, Facebook or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So you're constantly seeing the, the bits that people want to show you of their life. And then that's a mirror mm. for what you project your worst bits onto. And I guess, uh, yeah, I guess there've been times where I became aware I was doing that. Yeah. They say people in a fixed mindset are, um, yeah, get very like jealous and envious of other people's good news because it highlights yeah. to them that they're like not where they want to be. Whereas in a growth mindset, you're more, you don't see other people's success as your, like, as your failure. As your failure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Thanks. Um, which is a really interesting thing when you think about social media and constantly like, you could at any time of day, any time of the week, any time of the month, based, you know, your week, your month could ebb and flow. Like at any point in mm. time, you'll probably see someone, maybe not at the moment, but like someone's on holiday or someone's got like a new job yeah. or someone's got like a new house or someone's just got engaged. Like there's no, like if it's not one person, it's someone else. Yeah, yeah. Who's been that to you. So I think um, bu building a healthy habit around how you, engage with social media like watching whether i guess what mood you go into it in and also mm. or what mindset you go into it and also yeah just seeing if you are beginning to compare and how that affects how you feel so i, don't, I wonder yeah. whether that's people do that consciously there's a lot spoken about how you know it makes us feel worse about ourselves but i don't know if many people really acknowledge that when they're looking at it yeah and there's also the other side of it which is what people post what you know the people making the highlight reels right so mm. there's, there's a people having it mirrored back and there's the people making it and the people mm. that are um there's a risk of you uh like with your work uh work and socializing example it's like i only want to show you that i'm this so that you see mm. me this way it's like yeah uh, you can only post certain pictures and stories or mm. things that to to project and for people to see you in this idealized view you have of yourself to comfort like to validate mm. you on yeah. the, on the right side of the fixed mindset. Yeah, and once you've already got that I identity as I don't know the I don't know the 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 rich person with the house or the hot person or the smart person, or, you know, whatever, it could be anything, really. Once you've done that and you posted about that, there's there's almost this pressure to keep up that story. 
So that means you're doing more and more to prove that you are those things, which is a really fixed mindset trait of wanting to prove yourself, looking for validation rather than connection. Like, so like a, a bad photo of you going up would like really damage that image that you're putting yourself out there. Yeah. You're putting out to the world. I hadn't really thought about this, but it's a, it's an interesting one. It's quite prominent because everyone's posting these days. And um, I've found since going off Instagram for the last two months, it's really interesting the way I think about the things I do. Because often I would, I'd be doing something cool and I'll take a photo of it, play with it a bit, and then put it on <laughs> Make the sky bluer and the grass greener and all that. Oh, uh, yeah. You're not supposed to know that. <laughs> um, I've never seen then, the sky look that, like that in real life. <laughs> oh, mate, you've never lived in Australia, have you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did. Um, but yeah, um, but then, yeah, I'll, I'll put it up and that's kind of like, oh, Will does nice things. Will yeah. goes to nice places. But na- now I'm not on that anymore. Now I'm not. I mean, I've had two months off it and I don't really plan on going back for a bit. Maybe if I go on holiday again, I might jump on just so I can check a few things up. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. In general, like I don't feel when I'm going around day to day, I'm not looking for opportunities to yeah. show what I'm up to, which yeah. actually made such a difference. And also, I'm not looking at what everyone else is doing either. So I'm not yeah. comparing and I'm not trying to prove myself yeah. either. So there's even a... Uh, as you're going about day to day there's a a tendency to look out for things that if you were to post would validate would help to validate this image you want people to have of you yeah it's really interesting Mm. yeah it makes me think of those people that like build whole careers around like vlogging and stuff and it's like they're sponsored to do a certain trip or yeah. And it's like the whole thing's filmed <laughs> pretty much. And it's like, are they actually enjoying this or is it just yeah, work or, yeah. Yeah, the moment the camera goes off, like what's actually going on behind the scenes. Mm. Um, I know I've been guilty of that before. I've probably posted something the same day. I've rang you up and been sad. <laughs> something or, what do you mean? I've posted something nice about my day. Yeah. And then the same evening I've probably rang. I can imagine just in yeah. the, in 10 years I've been on Instagram I'm sure yeah. the same day I've posted something nice has been the same day I've rang you up and <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you know, so it's like yeah. in reality like there's this inner struggle and anxiety and turmoil <laughs> happening and then on social media it's all <laughs> lights and yeah. friendship and good times I like to think it's not that blatant but I, I can't guarantee it <laughs> I'm, uh, myself up. um <laughs> there's um something i was um I, I just want to jump to this quickly yeah um if there's anything else we can obviously go back and talk about it but something in the section around how to change mindsets yeah um there's different examples she gives around um you know acknowledging your mindsets and embracing imperfections and that sort of thing but one of them that stands out to me is taking risks in the company of others yeah and that that goes just because you brought brought up again around how I can be in new social environments or new work environments, like wanting to show certain parts of myself to preserve the the image I have or the fixed traits that I want to show people. Yeah, something I've been trying to do this year is to 
show more sides of myself in front of other people. So gra- gradually, you know, even um, sending one of these podcasts to like to a work colleague, oh, yeah. not just friends outside of there, or you know, going and playing, you know, in my workplace, I go and playing indoor soccer with one of my work friends, like somehow bringing different aspects of my life into other ones yeah, yeah. like ca- cautiously because you know i guess in our our field of work you know self-disclosure is important and the um particularly in a multidisciplinary team the the relationships you have with your colleagues are quite integral to the relationship you have with your clients and the work you do as opposed to like dare i say some office jobs where people are quite siloed and doing their own thing, yeah. our relationships are really important. So it's important yeah. for me to really monitor what I put out and what I share. Right. But so anyway, like, as a, a growth mindset that I've been trying to take on is just sharing more aspects of my life yeah. with people at work. And, um, and further to that as well, in the work I do, not being afraid to... Um, I'll start again. So often I find at work, I sometimes, I do better work when I'm one-on-one with someone, with a client, when no one else is in the room, or if I'm making a phone call and no one else in the office, in my head, I'm doing a great job. I'm listening better. I'm talking clearer. I'm less self-conscious. Right, yeah. Whereas when I'm doing um, an assessment with someone and someone else is in the room, I tend to get a bit nervous and I feel like I'm on show and I don't want to make Mm. a mistake and I overthink and get quite self-critical and yeah yeah to a degree yeah there's an audience there's an audience that i'm trying to show so that's another aspect of aspect of it as well that i'm wanting to take more risks and put myself out there a bit more in front of the company of others which is usually a scenario that makes me feel quite vulnerable and i would typically be a lot more guarded hiding certain aspects of myself so oh, good for you yeah yeah that's that's a big that's that's one of the things that i would be you know jumping to my main takeaway that would be one of the things that's really stood out to me in this awesome. book awesome yeah good yeah. effort how's it going Is that some, yeah not bad it's quite it's quite it's quite nice actually i think the fear the fear of feeling exposed isn't as bad as i thought I mean, there's, it's all with, you know, a level of, um, as I say, a level of regulation or, you know, just tact, like what I share with people. But I I guess just being, being more open, just being myself and not having to feel like there's a, um, yeah, I guess like a, a fixed mindset image of what I should be like in certain situations. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, as opposed to being like a lot looser and just, you know, whatever outside of work with, you know, the way I speak and who I talk to and the way I spend my time. Um, it's nice to be able to kind of feel I'm bringing more of my personality into different aspects of my life. Mm, yeah. Oh, cool. Mm. Yeah. Is there any um, solutions or ways of changing mindset that stood out to you? Something that you might take away and use a bit more i think uh as always like con- conscious in the moment awareness is key right so some of the yeah. things and i guess reckon starting to recognize your own triggers that 
suggest you might be in a fixed mindset. So um, yeah, I've got jealousy, which we've already mentioned. So jealousy for me might be, uh, oh, that's that's definitely a trigger that I'm in a fixed mindset. Um, yeah. Procrastination is one I wanted to talk about. So yeah, uh, if I notice that I'm, yeah, in trying to do some sort of work and I want to get this tendency like, oh, maybe I could do the laundry now or oh, maybe I could cook a meal or hoover the house. Like yeah. it's like, okay, what's going on here? And I, th- I've, I think of, worked it out so it's like it's as when i'm doing something that is sort of creative or putting some of myself into um there's that yeah that fear of that unconscious fear of not being good enough or like, again mm-hmm. maybe being like it being humiliated or something that's supposed to be your role that being perceived mm-hmm. as um oh, I guess maybe he's not good at that then or something like that. And I don't really think that it's not like a narrative in my mind, but I think Mm -hmm. that does underpin this desire to just avoid the task, which is a task I might actually want to be working on. So like yesterday, go on. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Just jumping in. Is is that because it's involving more of yourself, putting more of your expression into it as opposed to just a simple rote task? I think, I think it's, it's a bit of that and it's a bit of, and it's something like I've got some identity staked into. So for example, if I was just mm. doing some pure creative writing as like, um, I don't know, I'm writing a, uh, a storybook, a, a novel about for, for kids or something. Um, then I don't think I would feel that because I don't consider myself particularly good at that. So it doesn't really mm. matter how it goes and I'd be happy yeah. just to throw around ideas. Yeah. But once yeah. I've got, uh, once I've got to a certain level of something, which I think seems to be a theme where like, Oh, like, Oh, Luke's into psychology or philosophy or something. Yeah. And I start exploring ideas around that stuff, which I know at some point I'm intending for it to be put out there in some way, whether it's like this or I don't know, some sort of writing or podcast or whatever, then then there's a sort of aversion to those things where they're both creative and I've staked some of my identity in it. Yeah. And I think, so firstly, just awareness is helpful with that. So this thing's happening again. And then for this specific thing, it then helps me um, to really break down what I'm doing into smaller and smaller chunks. So to Mm -hmm. then it gives me, uh, I guess similar to what we learned from Atomic Habits, like I'm making it small enough that I couldn't not, <laughs> uh, I can't find an excuse not to do this. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. My, my next action is to come up, I don't know, for, for 10 different ideas for <clears throat> uh, different videos or something, or, or to, to write 200 words, like something that <clears throat> I can't say, uh, I'll do the laundry instead for it's like come on so yeah that that's helpful yeah. with that as well well that's something one of the solutions she comes up with is thinking about thinking realistically about your time and effort yeah that it takes to do certain tasks yeah because often yeah. we say people with um a fixed mindset can think quite unrealistically about how long things will take and then they get put off when things take longer than they think Whereas with a growth mindset, you might be a bit more open to the process rather than 
the task. So I would, mm. I would suggest... Or the outcome rather than or the, the doing yeah, of perfect. it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it, people with the fixed mindset get so attached to the outcome yeah. that the process becomes unenjoyable and any um, disruption to that process is a sign of failure. Whereas a growth yeah. mindset might be more focused on it takes as long as it takes or not being so tied up on the outcome. I think, yeah, when I try and reflect on that, it's that, yeah, so I've got this outcome of, you know, supreme greatness, whatever it is. And then when I think about breaking that into projects, tasks, goals, tasks, and like what I'm doing right now, then it's to, to, to break it down into individual steps is to expose myself to all the potential challenges and obstacles it will take yeah, to get there. Yeah, it's like a hurdle. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's truth and reality, right? That's something I do fundamentally want to expose myself to, but that mm. fixed mindset part of me is like, well, if I actually look at all the things it would take to achieve this thing you want, then that's scary because each one of those is a risk and, um, Obviously, mm. from a growth mindset, it's a great challenge and op- uh, opportunity to learn. Um, but from a fixed mindset, it's just uh, each one of those steps is an opportunity for failure and to prove how worthless you are. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I think I'm thinking the, the term like means to an end is coming into my into oh, yeah. my head as well. Maybe like fixed mindset, you would see things more as just like. Yeah. Something to be something to be done so you can get to where you want to be. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in a um a more growth mindset, you would take each hurdle, each step of that challenge in its own right and face it one one thing at a time. That came up a lot in the sports uh in the sports chapter, right? Where it's like with in the growth mindset, you don't see like wins and losses aren't whether you actually won the game or lost the game it's like did we put all our effort into this game or not like did i really mm. um try my hardest and did we work our best as a team today and if so we won <laughs> whether we actually lost yeah. or won the game is yeah. so and and if conversely if we if we won the game but i personally didn't put my all in then then i lost yeah. Mm. They say the um the scoreboard looks after itself. That was one of the right. quotes from a, probably a minor baseball league team, <laughs> one of the, the five that's referenced in the book. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah. So she, when she talks about um how to change your mindset, she there's a, a four step journey that she goes through. Yeah. So you've named a couple of them, but the first one is embracing your mindset. So having that awareness to understand in this situation, I can be a bit fixed. In this situation. I actually show that I've got quite an open growth mindset. The second part of it is understanding your triggers. So mm. I guess that relates to certain situations. For me, um, social situations, um, I guess dating situations as well. Um, challenging work situations can often put me in a bit of a fixed mindset. Yeah, I'm a lot more um, open in, uh, I guess, more like traveling and exploring and um, that side of things. And then the yeah. third step is to, is to name it. So I guess once you, you see it for what it is, you understand its triggers, you name what it is. And then mm-hmm. the fourth part is to educate your, mm. your mind. So is there anything you 
about those four steps, particularly the last one that you can tell me about? Um, I was wondering when you said about naming it. Yeah. Because uh, I'm, I'm, to be honest, I can't quite remember this part of the book, but what is, is that like giving it just your own label and, or something? Or Yeah, yeah, n- naming it for what it is. Just, so for example, you know, for me, it might um, be like procrastination or, oh, this is my yeah. jealousy thing or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think embracing it would be more naming the one of the two mindsets, being like, okay, I'm being more fixed in this, I'm being more mm. um, growth mindset in this, and then the naming it is a bit more specific. So when it comes back to it again, if that scenario comes up again, it's like, okay, um, social scenario or work setting yeah. or yeah. procrastination or jealousy. Um, yeah. And then educating is a lot through the, um, through the, uh, the process she says here around, um, you know, asking for feedback of people, getting feedback on how you behave in certain situations, um, choosing more difficult tasks, embrace, um, mm. valuing the process over the result. I, I do like the one over um, choosing difficult tasks. Yeah, purposefully, and I guess we've spoken about this in other podcasts as well. You know, set, you know, setting times to do challenging yeah. things or things that are just outside of your cap or on the, you know the brink of your capabilities. And, well, yeah, um, I think Atomic Habits would be a really good manual for like when you find something you're in a fixed mindset with, like apply this to it. <laughs> apply this, yeah, nice, nice, yeah. Um. Yeah, is there any, anything else around the, the how to change mindsets that stood out to you at all? Um, what was the last step again? Educating. Educate. Yeah, so I guess I, I gave some examples of um, how to educate them. With, so like you know, putting yourself out there and taking on challenges, asking for feedback. Yeah, educate. Like show, show yourself a new way of doing things yeah. by getting, by getting feedback, by putting yourself into more difficult situations, challenging yourself and sticking with them. That's the bit where it ties really well to atomic habits, actually. Yeah. Like yeah. using difficult things and sticking with it. Yeah. Um, particular, but sorry, yeah, back, back to the question. Um, you're, yeah. So around like the educating side of it. Mm. Is, uh, so for me, so um, she briefly mentioned uh carl rogers and i got really excited but it was just for a few lines but um (laughs) so he talks about this idea of conditions of worth so if we get um attention and approval and, and praise and love like as a as children we notice the patterns through which we get that and we really mm. notice the times we don't get that so so we're constantly yeah. filtering like what's the pattern here like what am i saying or doing to be nurtured and loved and what am i saying or doing that get when i'm getting ignored or humiliated or uh, not not seen and then you create this identity out of the stuff that um you get love for and this becomes Mm. your sort of idealized potentially false self this is this is why sort of unconditional acceptance is so important so um and then the the parts of ourselves that either get negative attention or worse zero attention we um we dismiss we lock away somewhere and we don't let them express yes. themselves and so conditions of worth are like uh I'm only worthy 
if I do X, Y, and Z in this idealized yeah. false self category. Um, and so in terms of, in terms of changing your mindset, it's like, if I, if I do these things and I don't get that validation, then I, I feel worthless. So I guess as a child, we don't really have this capacity, but like as, as an adult, we can learn to internally parent ourselves through like self-love and self-compassion and self-acceptance mm-hmm. and like if we've got an inner critical voice we can learn to cultivate a new more um rational and nurturing voice mm-hmm. the one that's that's not just like not just like oh you're fine just the way you are you don't have to do anything but one that can be also be you know encouraging and uh, like yeah, go on yeah. you can do this but and uh and i think for me that's that's really helpful to to know that i guess if i fall or i make a mistake i don't sort of plateau uh, not plateau i don't sort of yeah drop and just like land hard i've got this net of nurturing myself internally that's always going to capture me and, and yeah i'm not making it worse almost. yeah oh yeah, yeah. Or, or potentially yeah, making it worse by berating yourself and you know saying you're a pathetic yeah. failure and all that yeah yeah so she doesn't go into that but for me that helps a lot knowing that i can be fully accepting of myself uh mm. not that i not that i always am but like that tool is there to pick up yeah, that, that's a that's a really great point. Yeah, it's definitely linked to you know the, the language we we tell ourselves and the stories we have about failure. Like if you have a, a more um, forgiving, gentle, understanding, encouraging narrative to go to, as opposed to the the typical old, um, critical, self doubting, self berating yeah. one. That it's a it's a great place to start. I think that's yeah. Uh, yeah, a really good thing you brought up there. And mm. for me, the, because some people have very strong inner narratives. It's, it's quite a clear voice in their head saying, mm. well, either one way or the other, you know, you're pathetic or uh, you're useless or something like that. And how could you do X, Y, and Z? But I've no, I found it harder to, perhaps learn some of these skills because because they're often like cbt is often presented as if we all have this quite clear inner narrative and often Mm. i i found that i have emotions that um i can recognize come from a certain relationship i have to myself so if i'm feeling shame i might recognize oh i'm kind of seeing myself from quite a critical attitude but it's not necessarily mm. a clear voice. It's not like mm. you did this terribly and you're pathetic. It's more mm. just a feeling that I'm pathetic rather than a voice telling me that. So it's, mm. I find then it's harder to, um, to recognize it for one. And then yeah. to, to yeah. challenge it isn't just creating a, you know, it's not just an affirmation like, oh, you are great, you are wonderful. But it, mm. it's trying to find that part of yourself that, you know, if, if a child you cared about was feeling ashamed, like 
you would take us you wouldn't it wouldn't just be your words you would take a, an emotional stance to them of mm. of care and acceptance and it's trying to find that stance and aim it at yourself and th- th- that's something i found um diff- difficult to understand and i suppose apply with this growth mindset is that there'll be times when you're yeah you say you're feeling guilt or shame or you're just feeling particularly awful like how do you like when all's well, it seems easier to choose the growth mindset over the fixed mindset once you know what they are and you've got that language. But when you're not feeling great or you're in, you're feeling some emotional, you're in an emotional pattern that leads yeah. to you just wanting to feel safe or you're fearful. It's, I think that's the real challenge to yeah. how can we apply the growth mindset when we're not feeling good at when all. We are really when we're triggered. Feeling, when we're really triggered, not just kind of like, Oh, I'm about to go to a party. Like, as in, like, yeah. I am deeply fearful of going like, to this party. Like, what? Yeah. Or like, so you, you mentioned music earlier. Like, although mm. on the whole, yeah, like you say, you go, you're a bit scared. You put yourself out there, and you come out feeling great and way better. Like, mm. there's the the odd song or the odd gig where I, I come out. I'm like, oh, that was fucking awful. <laughs> like, and I feel, <laughs> I, I feel so shit. Like, it, it's when. I guess it's when you feel like your fixed mindset belief is actually confirmed by putting yeah, yourself out yeah. there. Then that's like you hit the lowest point, right? And mm. it's, how do you respond to that? It's hard. It made me think of, you know, even like when we do gigs, when we used to do gigs, like they were generally in smaller pubs or smaller venues. And they, they did yeah. get bigger in with time. So yeah. like increasingly like the challenge and the, the worry and the risk and the <clears throat> would would increase. But then I remember doing, um, yeah, I mentioned before another one doing like stand up comedy. I did a gig that had like shitloads of people there. No, I'm not talking like, I think it was around 200 and I'd only yeah. ever been doing gigs to like 70 people. And yeah. like, I found it, my, my enthusiasm and my, uh, carefree attitude seemed to kind of freeze a little bit in that situation <laughs> oh, wow. whereas before i was just kind of like oh 70 people i'm in a backpack it's just telling like just chatting shit but yeah. then it goes to like there's you know three judges there and there's people you know judges. who know their stuff yeah they're judges it was, oh, it was like a, a competition yeah, it was a competition yeah like this, yeah so like i get it's i guess in general it's just making me think about Yes, what you said, but also around when the challenge gets really big, like it can, that's a real test. Whereas yeah. I guess building up to bigger and bigger challenges with a growth mindset, it's kind of preparing for failure along the way, maybe. Yeah. Getting used yeah. to smaller rejections and gradually bigger rejections then eventually, you know. I don't know, I mean, that's a bit of a negative way of thinking about it, but... You, it makes me think about this concept might not be fully applicable if you just end up doing, doing something just like wildly out of your debt. Well, yeah, she starts the book off talking about the perception we have of ourselves and <clears throat> that yeah. we, people in the fixed, again, using this black and white terms, but when we're in a fixed mindset, our ability to, evaluate our strengths and weaknesses and competencies is terrible and when we're in a growth mindset mm. it's our our ability to evaluate mm. our strengths and weaknesses is actually quite good so i imagine if you are coming from a growth mindset it would be 
easier for you to take on challenges that are in your sort of proximal zone of development rather than out in the depths of chaos yeah you, can ga- yeah, you gauge it you gauge it better don't you yeah. you know like where that limit is where you're kind of in that where the challenge is just a bit harder than your um yeah than, than your skill set yeah yeah like and if you just in- thought you were amazing at something and and you just show up to a gig with no practice and just put yourself on stage and you're just like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, then you're obviously, you've misjudged yeah. your capabilities so poorly that you've mm-hmm. put yourself in an awful situation which will yeah. validate your yeah. belief you don't want to have. Yeah, really, yeah, really great point. Yeah, she does, she does talk about that. Yeah, love that. It's, um, Yes, yeah, so, yeah. In particular, like how we view our our talents, we can be totally mis misdirected yeah. if we're in too much of a fixed mindset. I don't know. I guess you can. There's plenty of examples of that, isn't there? Just people who think they're better at something than they are. Then the real test comes, and you know, like when we're down the wreck or something. You know, playing football growing up, someone come down and I don't know, be pretty skillful and be all cocky with the best boots on, and then they play, and then they're just crap. <laughs> like they, the they come in no idea. yeah that's it all the gear no idea yeah cool. so how did the gig how did the gig go ah it, it went by very fast like i was very nervous but it, it went it went it went well had a couple of the boys in the crowd which made it a bit easier but um yeah i, I they told me that the uh the judges groaned at a couple of my jokes because i think they're, <laughs> they're a bit dirty <laughs> Yeah, I think I, yeah, it was one, one about Michael Schumacher or something. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> but, um, yeah, now overall it was, a, it, was a, it was a good challenge to do. And um, I definitely went into it with a, a bit more of a growth mindset, being like, well, you've got to push yourself to do anything meaningful. I suppose that's the, mm. that's the mantra that goes around in my head sometimes, mm. that you know, if I'm ever going to push or challenge myself, it's got to be... Well, I like to make it difficult for the maximum reward. <laughs> yeah. 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 Being too scared of failure. Um, cool. How are you feeling, mate? You, um, I feel like I managed to cover a lot of what I wanted to speak about today. Is there anything else you want to talk about or jump on to final reflections? Um, so I've got this note here on sharing creative endeavours. Um, okay. So... An example of this came up yesterday and I uh, was listening to it in the book. Um, So yesterday, a friend, I was chatting to a friend who uh, is writing a screenplay and um, another mutual friend asked, I said, oh, like, you know, how far into it are you? He's he's like, oh, I've done a few, you know, about a quarter of the way through. He's like, I'll send it over. I'll, I'll have a look at it. And and the the writer was saying like oh, I only want to like send it when I've like completed it and edited it to mm. show anyone. And I, I sort of noted that as as an example. For, I, I didn't quite know at this point how it might fit into these mindsets, but I just took a note of it. And then yeah. then I listened to a part of um, the audiobook where she talks about it, and it's like yeah, it kind of goes back to what we were saying about when you're putting your creative endeavors into something you have a stake of your identity in it's very vulnerable Mm. 
to then show it to someone, especially if it's in a in a draft state, it's incomplete. Mm. All the defenses come out right. It's like, oh, please bear in mind that I haven't edited it yet. Yeah, and like yeah, I'm yeah. still at the beginning stages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like there's so much defense around doing that in in a, quite a lot of people, and yeah, definitely myself as well. Like it's scary to put out things you feel you haven't perfected and completed. Mm. Um, but I guess I was also reflecting on how, on how helpful that could be, like to to you know to help encourage you a long way to to expose yourself mm. to like I've got this idea or I've written this chapter or, like yeah yeah not being afraid to put out things yeah and not being afraid to put out things if they're not perfect you mm. know it's not it's okay and you don't need to praise it with a it's a first draft or first thought you know just kind of yeah. being being proud of it being a work in progress yeah being okay, being okay with it not being as good as it possibly could be yeah because if you only yeah. ever shows if you only ever show stuff to people when it's done and you think it's great and then you get bad feedback where you're like well fuck i spent this whole time like <laughs> making something that has now gotten like feedback that i'm not comfortable with mm. but maybe if i'd shown people along the way it could be even more than it was now Mm. Mm. so i guess that um defensiveness or or avoidance is another good like signal to raise awareness mm. to to recognize oh this is a fixed mindset thing coming in yeah yeah definitely yeah and that um that uncertain like when you're feeling uncertain or unsure or doubtful of yourself that can mm. be a trigger that you're you're um you're not open to feedback maybe. Mm, yeah. Mm. And, and when asking for feedback, for me at least, recognizing that's a good time to like switch on my awareness for how yeah. I'm receiving it. Yeah. I, I've thought about that when I've received um, letters from people. Yeah. Um, sometimes yeah i guess just in the context like after relationships end um sometimes people send like i've had a couple of times people send letters and things like that yeah and um when they've been sent i know there's been one time where i've been really fixed mindset where i was like i don't want to read this i'm not interested in what you've got to say <laughs> and then yeah. another time i've been more like okay actually this could be quite useful for me to know this could be good good feedback um so I'm not entirely related to what you just yeah, said, it, but I'm yeah, thinking about when, when, when people are offering us their feedback or people are offering us their, uh, their constructive criticism, it's really good just to be fully open to it and just see it as like, that's just their opinion as well. It's not the entire yeah. situation. Well, in the sports section, they, they talked about this, I, I don't know who it was, probably some minor league baseball coach <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> who... Uh, had a growth mindset about the the team and the players, but a fixed one on himself. So, you know, in relationships, we talked about, you know, you can have a fixed mindset on yourself, the other person and the relationship itself. So he had a lot at stake for uh, how he saw himself as a coach. So if the team lost, he um, was, you know, really harsh on them and berated them. Um, Whereas if they weren't, it kind of validated that I'm a great coach. So it was, it was a lot about him. And uh, he was like, he would be extremely 
critical of players in an unconstructive way a lot of the time, like just mm. calling them names, putting them by bullying them basically. Yeah. Um, I think he was known to put like Tampax in the lockers of players he thought weren't performing and stuff. Um, right. <laughs> so, oh. wh- why did I bring this up? Okay, so one of the players he was berating <laughs> got feedback from another coach who was like, look, whenever he criticizes you just with labels, ignore it. And whenever he says something specifically about what you can do, listen. <laughs> so it, it's yeah. like, um, I guess when receiving feedback, it's it's about that filtering. Because sometimes you will just be receiving someone else's shit, right? Which won't be anything about you. It will, will just be mm. like, you've triggered their anger from something in their past and they're calling you names and letting it out at you. Whereas sometimes... Uh, there's baby, there's a baby in the bathwater there. That's because sometimes within all that, there is still good feedback, which is a reflection of something that you yeah. can listen to and take on board. So it's a really skillful listening process to be able to filter out the baby in the bathwater mm-hmm. with that kind of yeah. stuff. And even um, what she says in the book, like actively asking for feedback, yeah, as well, yeah. So like purposely putting yourself in situations where you're going to get feedback, ask people for yeah. it and be, be, and yeah, that's a good point though. Like be, being able to filter it and separate between what's, what's just a, uh, I don't know, offensive words or, yeah, you know, versus what's like, constructive, what's constructive and what can you take from this? Um, that, that's a really growth mindset attitude. For sure. And I think by asking for it, you can, um, prepare yourself to do that. Whereas mm. maybe when it comes out of the blue, you're le- you're, you know, less ready to be in your growth mindset for receiving yeah. that feedback. Come to my office. You're like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. Nice one. Right. So should we uh, wrap up? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I've, um, yeah. Do, do you want to give a? Uh, just give our kind of final reflection and what what you might apply in your life. Yeah. Actually, also one thing I want to ask you in this wrapping up process, because we've talked a lot about, I think we've, we've been quite reflective on where our fixed mindsets are in our life. It might be quite nice to end on where you think your growth mindsets are in your life. Growth mindsets. Okay. I think growth mindsets are in um, travel and exploring with friends. So doing, doing new and daring things with friends in relation yeah. to travel. Believing like and I can cope in new places and new situations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, thanks. And um, I'd say just another area would be in, I feel like I, I do pick big challenges with, with work. I like yeah. to pick daring workplaces to go and work in. Within those workplaces, I have a mixture of like growth and fixed mindset depending on my skill level or my knowledge or lack of knowledge but um in general i do like to pick challenging work places because i know they'll be the most rewarding and i'll learn i'll learn the most what about you yeah i think uh learning so when when i read say a book that um a lot of it's out of my depth because I'm a few steps behind where the book's written for. Like I notice more and more I've learned to think like I'm not yet there yet, but 
I, I know I'm capable of finding the steps to get to a point where I can comprehend this. Yeah, nice. Yeah, good on you. Yeah, cool. Um, and also probably with, I guess, learning guitar, like, yeah, I always felt that, yeah, just with more practice and effort, I could get this finger-picking pattern down or I could learn this solo mm-hmm. if I wanted to. Like, I, I never... Uh, I guess there's the odd occasion where you see some piece and you're like, I'm aware that's well out of my depth at the yeah, moment, yeah, yeah. But, but there's not this sense. Yeah. There's always a sense of if I put in the time and the effort, I can get there. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, just maybe laugh and think you always did like to play the same kind of solo. I'm well aware. My improv. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, improv. Yeah. Very fixed mindset. Improving that. <laughs> So yeah, I guess um, the main the main takeaway for me is um, yeah back to just doing taking more risks in front of people and just allowing myself to make mistakes and being more open to feedback in social and work situations. That's yeah. my that's my main takeaway. Yeah, mine I guess was uh, the development of this week from starting with seeing it as quite black and white to slowly integrating that actually I, you can have growth mindsets in some areas, fixed mindsets in others, and actually some areas you can have a growth mindset one day and a fix the other. And, yeah. and actually it's not as simple as there are these two ideas, but mm. you can be quite reflective on, um, on times where you're getting into that fixed mindset. And yeah, recognizing my own triggers of... Uh, I think jealousy, I think I've, in terms of friendship jealousy, I think I've done quite well to, that was more of a reflective one, which I've yeah. become more growth about. Whereas I think pr- at present procrastination around creation is one where Great. I really yeah. Uh, yeah. want to apply this, which I'm excited about. Thanks, mate. Really enjoyed this. Number mm. six. Done. We're flying. Good We're stuff. doing well. We've got, um, yeah enjoying it and uh we've got another one next week with uh so it'll be um the six pillars of self-esteem by nathaniel brandon so i bought this today it's uh one of your favorites isn't it so yeah be, i love this can't wait for it yeah nice i'm uh yeah i'm gonna get reading the moment this is over <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> but um yes that'll be next next sunday we'll be doing that so no next saturday cool. next sunday next saturday yeah we're doing it next saturday we're doing that yeah yeah cool thanks for this mate appreciate appreciate a lot yeah nice one mate really enjoying it touch you soon yeah take care yeah bye